Guest at Pressure Points with your two favorite hosts, I'm D, and this is Stress for No Reason, AJ. We're coming at you with Season 5, Episode 40, How to Get Mega Super Diarrhea. AJ's going to be talking about the military unit Merrill's Marauders, so strap in, find us on Instagram and Twitter, at Points Pressure, and let's get to it, cutie pies. Well, turn the fucking thing off, you dumbass. Dude, I bet I could fit this whole microphone in my mouth. I'm going to try. It's going to be like a light bulb. I don't want to <laughs> test it. Yeah, actually, that I, really I hurt touched, my jaw. I touched my molars with it. I'm good. I, I My teeth touched it, and there was electricity spark. All you guys hear is... <gasps> clink, clink. Welcome uh, back. Welcome. This is... I'm kind of out of my element because it's 6 p.m. This is like the yeah. earliest we've recorded, so... Yeah. Which we're still going to go to bed right after we finish recording this. Yeah, we are. Yeah. And no matter what, no, it's a we're, ritual. We're going to play fucking Call of Duty. We're going to probably place 10 goddamn times tonight. Maybe. I might just play some RimWorld. Yeah, I probably will, too. <laughs> we'll see. So I had to go to uh, the in-laws today, so yeah, I how was to that? play all, all day. No, it was good. We didn't bring our dog because we didn't want to deal with the the little one and the fucking piece and the of shit. The dipshit one, yeah. yeah. So, it was all right. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I actually did take an anxiety pill today. You did? Yeah, I'm not prescribed any, but I just have a stash. Anxious? Yeah, I have a lot of shit coming up (laughs) that I just need to get done, and I haven't been. (laughs) So, it was my fault, but, you know. Yeah, well, maybe none of that would have happened if you weren't fucking destroying my pipes, (laughs) you piece of shit. I fixed it. I I corrected those, like, four months ago. That's all good. No biggie. Did you use the blue thing? Not yet. I'm going to. Uh, I've got to get the cap off, like the whole plate to get the tube oh, in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a pain. Yeah. I've never taken that yeah, off. Yeah, because the uh, the last tenant cemented over it in certain sections, so I've got to really? break it off. Yeah, when you put the when you put the tile on, there's oh, the, Jesus like, mud cement shit just on the corner of it. So It'll be Wonderful. Fun. No, yeah. it won't be bad. No biggie. We got crowbars If it, if it gets bad, I'll just take tomorrow off. I don't give a shit. You should. I got Friday off, though, so. So? So save my save my fucking three day weekend. You know? I was at work today because I had a clinical yesterday. Yeah, and so I had to you know do my extra hours today, Sunday, which fucking sucks. But I was like halfway through the shift. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna go play some video games, maybe do some homework, take it easy. And then it was like, it's your episode today. I was like, fuck. <laughs> It just hit me. We, uh, I forgot. We've been fucked with episodes the last two weeks. Oh, I just got fucked up. Yeah. My bad. But it ended up being a pretty good one. Nice. Um, but before we get into it, <clears throat> I've, there are two things that we got to cover. One second. Okay, out of the kindness of his own heart, we got a donation to the show. And um, so my father... Mm-hmm. Is a kind, gentle, very sweet gentleman. Yes, yes. I found that out firsthand today. Yes, with his gentle hands. Yeah. And so so he, he gave me three drinks that are mystery flavor and was like, hey, 
Let me know what flavor you get or something. Because I, I thought okay. it was like, you know, everything that's mystery flavored is like leftover in the Do bottom of the barrel. Do you want me to go get two more cups? We can just drink out of the can. Drink it's out of Mountain it? Dew Zero Sugar. I don't know what that said. Voodoo Mystery Voodoo. Flavor Limited Voodoo. Edition. This is a limited edition 2022 flavor. Okay. But I Have I thought they had... were all the same flavor, but I, I think they're oh, yeah. different flavors. I thought Voodoo was I thought Voodoo was the flavor. I don't know. Damn, what, are we turning into a fucking mukbang show? We should. Mukbang, whatever you think, the fuck it's called. You think I'm above that? Uh, yeah, once once Nick Avocado fucking dies, we'll we'll take his place. Nick Avocado? I don't give a fuck you. what his kidding. gross name is. I know. The man fuck. that is the, the abomination. Don't He's not a man. He's an abomination. The physical embodiment of a sphere. Of gluttony. <laughs> of a gluttonous sphere. Yeah. So I like that you're drinking your Dr. Pepper. But, you know, let's yeah. see. We're testing this live. This is our drinking game because I don't want to get drunk yet. Because it's 6 a.m. That sounded just... really good. That sounded great. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh. To us. Clink to us. I can confirm. Yeah. Cut the mouth. I can confirm. This does taste different from the one I had two days ago, but I also could be just not remembering it correctly. Now we trade. We both get herpes. Oh, they're definitely different. Oh, they're different! Yeah. This one tastes closer, yours tastes closer to the one I had a couple days ago. Yeah, Mine's mine more like blue raspberry. Yeah, mine is, I think it's like live wire. More citrusy. Yeah. Weird. But yeah, interesting. All right, well, that was that bit. <laughs> yeah, Cool. I so, just wanted to share, you know, the, the kindness. Uh, limited edition. You shouldn't open these. We could have let these age for ten years. Well, now we we have to put these up as decoration in the oh, studio. No. We're yeah. not using trash as decoration. Yes. Oh, have you seen my house? Yeah, I know. That's why we're not. I doing have it bone in the baskets <laughs> and old shit. I buy at auctions for. Actually, I've been getting some hella deals on the auction. Nice. I got some GE Chrome uh, toaster and waffle maker set. Oh, nice. Authentic. It's got the plugs from like the '60s. <laughs> that's Hopefully good. they work. Burn your I got them for two dollars each. Actually, you'll finally have something that's compatible with the plugs in this house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it matches my oven. Yeah. yeah. Oh goodness. Um. And then, uh, oh yeah. So Dee's been doing a lot of work behind the scenes, as he does. You know, I do a lot of the editing and stuff like that, and he works behind the scenes to get us brand deals. Yeah. So we so, have a yeah. sponsor. <laughs> A little sponsor ad that we have to play, so just bear with us. We have to play. I mean, yeah, yeah. we do. Yeah, we do. Come, I do anything for Jesus. I found over seventeen hundred times in the Word of God where this word is used, "come," and that's not coming and the rest of the comes, but that's just come. Preaching my heart out for forty-five minutes to an hour on that one word, "come," and it was one of our Lord's favorite words: "Come unto me, come and drink, come and dine." Jesus said. Time for you to come. Time to come. Pressure points. 
Sponsored by you by Trojan. Oh, (laughs) that's that's better. Yeah, no, that would be great. Yeah, Trojan Unmagnum. (laughs) (laughs) Trojan 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 Small. Trojan Nine Mill. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Small arms. Yeah, uh, I fucking wish. But yeah, uh, we just we've been laughing at self-assigned sponsor. Yeah, Come Preacher. We've been laughing at Come Preacher. You should go find the uh, the minute or like two minute version. It's way better. Oh, it's great. He's like one of those fundamentalists who has a ton of money. In like an auditorium, <laughs> surrounded by yeah. people, and yeah, he wants it's you just to come. great. He just wants you to come. Yeah, Which to... you know what? That's a religion dude we just, can we here at Pressure Points can get behind. Mm-hmm. You know that is a Pressure Points approved religion, the only one yeah. so far. I actually saw something interesting. Um, this about is come totally no. It's about Christians. Oh, Christianity. It was. Um, I'll bring the. The Christ back in Christmas when you bring the Christ back into Christians. And I'm like, ooh, that's good. That's ooh, good that's not bad. That's a good one. It's a little spicy. When you bring the Christ back inside me, I want, uh, come. I want the Holy Ghost to come, come. inside me. <laughs> that was the, that's the best line. <laughs> I know. All right. So. All right. So I guess we what should. We got today. Probably start. Me and my wife watch this guy on YouTube. The channel's called Tasting History with Max Miller. It's phenomenal. It's history. It's food. He basically, yeah, recreates really old food. Okay. Um, he started off his like first big hit was garum from the Roman times, and he goes into like why we cannot physically recreate it anymore because you know the plant silphium, which we've talked about, is extinct. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like certain banana recipes from like fifty years ago, totally different than yeah, different bananas, yeah, so. completely different bananas, depending on where you buy them in the world too. Yeah, so it's it's really interesting, and he'll usually go into okay, here's a Viking recipe that was a cool one that he did. It was called you know a dragon heart for a king or something like that, where you eat a cow heart or some you know an animal heart, and it's prepared in this way, you know, the special ritualistic way, and then he goes into an aspect of history from either that time period or related to that meal. Okay. So a lot of times he'll talk about bread in or like what food around the French Revolution. He'll recreate a dish and then talk about the history of that time period. And if you like Viking stuff and anime, not normally synonymous, check out Vinland Saga on Netflix. Only I'm supposed to be. It's fucking good suggesting to other it's content. Late. It's too late. I already you bastard. Did. Yeah, check it out. So, But really check out Tasting History. It's awesome. One of his more recent episodes was called Shit on a Shingle. Ah, no, this one. Come on a cracker. Yeah. No, no, Shit on a Shingle. Oh. Totally different. It's basically <laughs> you take dried chipped beef, try to get some of the salt out of it, mix it with a gravy, and put it on a, on a piece of toast. And it was made in World War II a lot. Wow, who would have thought? Yeah, because it was real easy to get chip beef, flour, and animal fat to make the... Cracker. N- no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a piece of toast. And he he went into the rations of World War II. That was like his history segment. Uh-huh. And he talked about the C ration and the K ration and how terrible they were, essentially. Like... The U.S. like diet program at that point was trying to recreate With cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They were they looked at, um, you know, Italian, German, and Japanese food, 
like rations for their military to try to create our own type of food that can, you know, create the best fighting soldier. Because the in Japan, the Japanese were like, all you need is a handful of rice, and they've got energy to just go crazy. Turns out there was a lot of fanaticism <laughs> in, you know, all that stuff. And then they looked to the Germans, and the Germans were like, yeah, we have this special diet pill, this vitamin pill that gives us energy for days. Turns out it's pervitin. They didn't know that at the time. It was meth. Meth. <laughs> So they tried to create their own diet pills to do this and their own meals. And it just led me down, like, this path. It was so, meth. It's so great. fucking pill version of a hamburger. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what they were trying to do. Burger and fries. Dehydrated burger, well, fries, and a pill. shake. Ooh, All in one. I'd eat that. Yeah. This is Wally shit. Yeah, I'm fat as fuck. Of course I would yeah. eat that. But look they, at me. Yeah, look at look, me, look viewers. At me. Yeah. Not listeners, viewers, look at me. <laughs> so he talked about the K-ration and how there was a jungle ration in, like, I think 1943 where it was super lightweight, very calorically dense. It was good to go, but it was too expensive. So they discontinued it and started the K-ration, which was, like, maybe— I, I have the details further down because it pertains to the story, but two and a half thousand calories or something like that cheaply produced and really bad like most people would throw away the extra shit like they had this lemon drink because you know that's pretty much where tang came from was yeah. military they had this lemon drink so you get your electrolytes and your vitamins but it was so acidic because it had to have so much vitamin c in it oh. to combat scurvy that people would just throw it away <laughs> and i had different tablets like a maltose sucrose tablet that people would just throw away because it's disgusting yeah. and they had different you know, type meat types. Basically, they're tin cans that you would open, mm -hmm. <laughs> and you'd have, Jesus. like, three of them, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Fuck that. It was bad. It was really, really gross. And he talks about this group of this unit there's, who... There's somebody listening, and they're just eating out of eating one, just crying. They're like, fuck you guys. <laughs> fuck you, it's good. Breakfast was good, and this lunch is better. This cost me three cents at the flea market. <laughs> Let me see you eat for less. I used AJ's link for the auction house, and I found all of these on there. <laughs> yeah. This is all I can afford to eat now. <laughs> the auctions made me destitute. a 20-year supply worth. <laughs> thought I wasn't going to be able to eat anything else for the rest of my life. No, it, it, they were, they're nasty. So, And he talks about, you know, they're basically, the guideline was K-rations are be, to be used for under 10 days in emergency situations. They're basically bottom of the shelf, bottom of the cupboard, in the back, nobody wants them. It's pretty wild, though, because you can get the same amount of calories now just in a fucking, like, Big Mac. <laughs> yeah, this is the new ration. That's where it came from, essentially. <laughs> like modern fast food and frozen foods and shit like that came from yeah. surplus. Yeah, selling off a of surplus shit Jesus. from from World War Two. So, um, he talks about this one group who basically subsisted on it for five months, five whole months Damn. with these rations. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Human torture. Let's <laughs> let's talk about this. it. So I did. I did a whole fucking episode on it. And we're going to talk about Burma to set the scene. It's World okay. War II. Burma, which is now Myanmar. It's east of India, over the Bay of Bengal. Southwest of China. Yeah, north of Thailand and Vietnam. Yep. Now you know exactly where it is. Boom. So Burma had a road that was aptly named the Burma Road. Oh, look at yeah. that. And Somehow not... 
somehow not as cringy as Main Street. Yeah, yeah, Center Street. <laughs> and the Allies use the Burma Road to send supplies to the Chinese to fight against the Japanese. Okay. That's a big thing. There was also, in my opinion, it could be used in the future for an invasion. Like, you just post up in the Bay of Bengal, hike up through the road, and you have access to, you know, the entire Sino-Japanese war front, essentially. Okay. And it was, you know, pretty big. They sent a lot of shit without getting into just the mess that was U.S. trying to work with the nationalist leader of China at the time yeah. when he was internally also kind of struggling against Mao. Like, there's kind a, of? Kind of. <laughs> like, this is during the war. Yeah. They, they kind of set things aside, <laughs> kind of. And the horrible corruption. Yeah. But there and, was a lot of And the, Japan on their way in on yeah. the Western Front. Yeah, exactly. Raping and literally. Pillaging. Literally raping literally, and literally yeah. pillaging. Just doing horrible <laughs> shit. I don't blame them for struggling to work with the U.S. Yeah. And uh, if you want a good gauge on um, kind of the relations between China and Japan and the U.S. during World War II, go to last season, season four. Uh, AJ was gone. He was on his second honeymoon with his fourth wife. And um, we had Bear on. I had Bear on. Oh, I don't remember uh, what episode it was. Oh, 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 oh that number, was. Uh... But it was like. I it's thought like he talked twenty five or some shit. The incident or something. Fuck! I uh, know what it is. I I think about that episode. Here. Yeah, but I've I listened to it. Oh, I've listened to the. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I have. <laughs> but it, yeah, but yeah. That, that gives a lot of good information to it. Why can't I remember? It's like I think season about episode. four, episode twenty six. Sure. Something like that. So. You know, there's the Lend-Lease going on, the Lend-Lease program with the Allies, mostly the United States, and the Chinese Army, what was left of it at that point. They're sending in supplies and all this shit, and Burma is like, okay, cool, we're being basically stepped on to just people to walk through us. They're also a British colony, okay. which isn't great already. Like, we talked about that. Yeah. Last episode and the episode before yeah, it. Like, it's fantastic being a British colony. Yeah, it? it's so great. And Burma was like, eh, we'll be friendly to the Japanese because the Japanese seem open to us getting independence. We'll be friendly so they don't rape and murder us. Well, that too. But <laughs> they, Burma was like, eh, we really don't want to be under colonial rule. Yeah. But the British have an army <laughs> and they're currently at war. Like, it would take nothing to just invade us because they didn't really yeah. have much of a standing army which is by design <laughs> you know the brits don't yeah. usually let their colonies have a generally, lot of an army generally not a fan of of that yeah so the japanese actually helped burma train a military train an army and burma was like eh, okay they seem open to if we stop that supply line into china then they will probably return the favor and just let us be independent. Like, let us just be our own country. Okay. And in 1942, they basically say, we're not a colony anymore, fuck you guys, and they allow Japan to occupy them. Oh. Japan is like, okay, cool. Thanks a lot. Here's a puppet regime by- Now uh, grab your ankles. Yeah, led by a guy named Ba-Ma, or Ba-Ma, B-A space M-A-W. Ba-Ma. 
and he is a complete puppet to the to Japan. And at this point, many Burmese people are like, "Hmm, I wonder if they'll let us have our independence after this." <laughs> no. They're they're starting to have some second guesses. So to give you some information on the Burma Road, it was constructed in 1937 by 200,000 Burmese and Chinese laborers. It was 717 miles long, or 1,154 kilometers, and it was made solely to circumvent the Japanese um, blockade Okay. during that, you know, the Second Sino-Japanese War that kind of blended in with World War II. All that shit. Yeah. They blockaded them. They made a road down to get supplies in. <laughs> I mean, it works. It, it worked. It was a very key, you know, vital. place. Very vital, vital road. Very much. So now we're going to talk about the Quebec Conference, or the Quebec Conference. Quebec. Depending on where you're from. It happened... My handwriting got really bad right here. August 1943. <laughs> we think. <maybe>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Winston Churchill and Franklin Roosevelt showed up in Quebec. They're being hosted by the Canadian Prime Minister King, Mackenzie King. Stalin was invited. He turned it down for military reasons. I'm pretty sure he just didn't want to <laughs> hang out with them. That's what I should start using for uh, excuses not to do shit. Yeah. Military Sorry, I've reasons. got military reasons. I can't. Military reasons. I can't make it. And this was a really weird conference because it was hosted by the Cal- the California, the Canadian Prime Minister. <laughs> by the California Prime Minister. Yeah. It was hosted by him, but he wasn't actually involved in the talks, even though he was an ally. Oh, okay. So it was basically like, it was like- Come over um, to my house and you can stay in the basement. It was like one of those summits that they do. Yeah. Where they're like, hey, we're on neutral ground. Let's let's discuss. But they weren't on neutral ground. It was one of their direct allies. Not not neutral ground, but- I just thought it was weird. They, they were only really involved is, in one, in one section of this. And they talk about a lot of shit at this- conference between two people (laughs) they start planning operation overlord which would become you know d-day and all that stuff Mm -hmm. they start planning operation jupiter which was like if d-day fails or if we can't do d-day for some reason we'll do d-day but in norway (laughs) that was operation jupiter essentially (laughs) yeah and they you know start to coordinate more efforts with the development of an atomic weapon which I thought was really interesting. They actually signed the Quebec Agreement, which is like, I won't use nukes against you if you don't use nukes against me. <laughs> and they, as a side note, I, I just learned this. The British nuclear program started way before America's. <laughs> like, they were ahead of the game, but because we were, you know, we shared a lot of information between the two research programs, which led to us getting it first. <laughs> huh. And we basically just cheated, stole their notes, and then studied a little bit Pretty harder. much. Well, we got we yeah. got Einstein. <laughs> yeah. And uh, We got a fucking Einstein. We, we got a German yeah. <laughs> who left. She, yeah, yeah, really. And also, Canada was the main source for the Allies for uranium and heavy water. Okay. So without Canada... We probably wouldn't have yeah. developed nukes yeah. as quickly yeah. as we did. Like, That's a fair point. I just thought that was interesting. I had no idea they had the hand in there. Um, oh, I forgot. They the British so also Canada, had a really stupid name for their nukes. So what program. we're getting at is Canada 
is partially responsible for the thousands of deaths. Canada is solely responsible for every death due to nuclear <laughs> weapons. <laughs> and all the testing. The downwinders, everything. Oh, God. So fuck you, Canada. You heard it here on Pressure You're points. nothing but our hat. No, I would so much <laughs> rather live in Canada. Oh, yeah. Except for their shitty housing crisis right now. It's really I bad. mean, oh, no, is it really bad? It's, I'm looking around because yeah. it's really bad here, too. Yeah, but it's like fucking terrible in Canada right now. Yeah, I'm sure. Because um, nobody wants to be here. Yeah, exactly. They also talk about their kind of the Pacific strategy, which involves the formation of the unit that is codenamed Galahad, which I'm going to be talking about later. They also learn about German atrocities in Poland. Oh. Very interesting. But the plan is, let's get Italy out of the war. Okay. Let's get then get Germany out of the war the next year, and then we'll worry about the Japanese. Oh, okay. Uh, Italy actually went out of the war way ahead of schedule. I think it was 38 days after the invasion that Italy signed the armistice. Like, they were out. Well, I mean, I, I know I mean, a lot of Italians yeah. disagreed with what Mussolini was doing. Oh, yeah. They they, they fucking hated him. They not after, only after kicked him out, left, arrested they him. They fucking, like, slaughtered him. Yeah. No, they, they kicked him out. They arrested him. He was saved from where he was in prison by a German special ops team. They tried to reinstate him, and he got, he got uh, lynched in the street. Yeah, yeah. Him and his wife. And there are pictures from the 40s of people, like, posing with thumbs up and peace signs in, yeah, front, of, in, in front of their bodies. In front bodies. of, like, dead Mussolini. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Yeah. I, uh, you know what? They fucking stand up. Yo. Italy, I'm, I'm for Italy it. Italy fucks. Oh, yeah. Italy definitely fucks. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you put a nice, authentic, uh, Italian meal in front of me with some authentic Italian wine, I fuck. I'll yeah, put out for the state. single fact that you've, that you've eaten at Olive Garden is enough that they would beat the shit out of you and lynch you in the streets. Well, I wouldn't <laughs> tell them I have. I will. Then I'll tell them you have. That's okay. I, 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 I'll tell I've them, embraced I, death I'll, already. I'll man. tell them you ate I'm a book and a bipple, and they'll keep you alive but continue to torture you. You ate there, too. They don't know that. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and they, they talked about... General MacArthur's plan to for Operation Cartwheel. So basically, there's a huge, heavily fortified Japanese base, and MacArthur's like, "Why don't we just go around it?" <laughs> and it like military genius. Operation Loop de Do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they they Jesus. do it actually after they kind of talk about it here, where they just kind of. Skip it, go around it. <laughs> and it created a situation where the base basically turned into a POW camp with 100,000 soldiers in it. They're just like, now hear me out. They don't cover the entire coast. No, it was on an island. Oh. And I, I don't know if you know this, but in the Pacific, it became very common after this because of the success of this to just like, oh, you're you're fighting a battle on a major island? Let's go around it. Uh, Take out the, the less... It. You know the less fortified yeah, island, but you're blocking any ships yeah, and supplies say, from getting to that one. Line, yeah, and that—that's how they kind of did it. They kind of did that hop, leapfrogs. Yeah, they would leapfrog it. That's where the schoolyard game came from. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, no, historically accurate. And then Winston Churchill went fishing for like a week, 
<laughs> and then went back Figures, to, to yeah. DC to talk to Roosevelt more. Jesus Christ. What a guy. Yeah. And Roosevelt wouldn't even get off his fucking ass and stand up and shake Winston <laughs> fucking Churchill's hand. Yeah, what a lazy bitch. piece of shit. God. What a shit. Fucking head. stand up and show some respect. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He didn't even go. He didn't even go into the walk into the boat with him. Like what yeah, the fuck? God, he had somebody push him on. He had to be pushed on there. Oh, he's they so had to fancy. Physically push him onto the boat. No, no, <laughs> he's such a rich, disconnected asshole. He pays somebody to roll him around. Yeah. yeah, somebody basically carries him around in this weird little thing, like a wagon. Yeah. <laughs> What a rich, pompous dude, asshole. Dude, dude. <laughs> this is exactly why you didn't want people to know that he was in a wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> so back to Unigalahad, also known as Merrill's Marauders, because the commander's name was Merrill. Uh, they, they put out a call. The military put out a call for 3,000 volunteers for this special operation, and they... They got a lot of responses because, you know, lots of propaganda going on at the time. But basically, the plan is send this unit, send Merrill's Marauders deep behind enemy oh, lines. Yeah. Like the like Holy Ghost. Fisted deep. Like deep in there. Behind enemy lines and then start fucking shit up. Okay. Um, it was officially called a Long Range Penetration Special Operations Jungle Warfare <laughs> oh, no. Unit. Oh, my God. So, like, this is... That is so hot. It is. Yeah, damn. Because of the jungle. It's a fucking heater on in here. It's spicy in this room mm, now. I know. Ooh. I gotta take off my shirt. Can you just uh, reread that last line again real quick? Penetration. I said That's the line, oh. not, not the word you... Jungle I, warfare <laughs> unit. <laughs> damn it. Never mind. <laughs> that was the last line. Never mind. So, yeah, they, they got... The idea is get them into Burma. Fuck up the Japanese occupation. Penetrate, Penetrate the, Japanese. the Japanese occupation. And basically inadvertently reopen the Burma Road. Okay. That was one of the one of the major goals kind of under the radar. Reopen their supply line. Yeah. And they got a mix of volunteers from hardened soldiers who have been fighting in the jungle to stateside soldiers who are like quartermaster for this military base you know just like good with horses yeah which was a, <laughs> a benefit right there and they also had a bunch of recruits from u.s military stockades to because if they volunteered for this and and went to join this special operation they would get their freedom back they were in the stockades because oh, either they went a wall no. or they were they Asian. <laughs> They weren't even allowed in the military. They, because they were Japanese. Yeah. Just different things like that. Just different things. They, you know, uh, <laughs> said damn. they didn't want to shit in a ditch again. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Said they were done with chipped beef. Almost got <laughs> Boo. shot. Yeah. Come cracker, come cracker. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what they said. And they, they assembled these 3,000-ish people. And sent them to Bombay in India. It was October 31st, 1943. And they were like, all right, go into the jungle and train. That, that's pretty much it. Like, let's train the shit out of these guys. These guys got months of training with small arms fire, with rifles and guns and pistols. Cue the fucking Rocky theme. 
Yeah, yeah, it's Eye of the Tiger. Let's just do this. Yeah. And we're going to get copyright strike. Great. God. Not for the the cum song. No, no. And they were also joined by 360 mules and about 360 horses. Okay. In fact, they were supposed That's to be all mules, but the ship carrying the other half of mules got torpedoed. <laughs> Rest in peace, mules. R.I.P. mules. Like 400 mules. R.I.P. you fucking donkey. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they go out for, it's a couple of months of training, like hardcore intensive training. And I, it comes from, do you remember Eyewitness, the books? They always had a, a component that they would show in school sometimes. I think so. It's, ba- it's kind of like an I Spy book, but... No, it's not kind of like an ice spy book. It's Doesn't like the size of an ice spy book. Basically, it, look it it's up. like gives you a historic era or something like that, and it breaks it down in a way for kids to get you know get behind history. And they, they were, also had like a TV books? show. They were books with a show that oh, went along with them. Oh yeah, I, I don't know how to describe. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had uh their the eyewitness. Um, Encyclopedia, like, series. That shit was cool. Yeah, so because of that, I really like looking at, like, the gear different military groups were given. So in this group, they were given, you know, a standard uniform, their cotton fatigues. They were given boots and shoes with or without canvas cover. Okay. And a canvas blanket, which was used for one half shelter, which I don't really know what it was. I'm assuming it's it's basically, yeah, Yeah. a lean-to canvas tarp. That's kind of, yeah. It's like it has two posts, and the other side you... Posts. No. No, it was just the canvas Oh, it's just the canvas. Yeah. I was thinking... Like, you would get a stick. You would find one. Yeah. Okay. Or lean it over a log or something. And they were given a poncho, a machete, and then for their weapons, they could either get, you know, an M1 Garand, the M1903A4 sniper rifle. You a bitch if you don't take the M1 Garand. Yeah, right? And they had both versions. They had the... The lower caliber and the thirty out six version. Sick. Hell yeah. The, a yeah. sniper rifle, the Thompson, of course, the nineteen eleven pistol, the bar. If you've played Call of Duty, you know these. Or or Medal of Honor, you know these guns. Ew. Ew. The M nineteen nineteen. Get the fuck out of here, gamer. Medal of Honor is a great game. <laughs> you didn't say Medal of Honor first, you piece of shit. <laughs> They also had a Browning M1919 machine gun. Brownies. And for heavy weapons, I say this in quotation marks because they didn't get heavy weapons. A fucking M60 like like, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Predator. No. Damn. M1A1 bazooka and the M2 mortar. Ooh. So, you know, they were okay. But there was no artillery at all. And that's what's a heavy weapon, you know. They didn't really have any bombs. Boo. Boo, right? So they were each individually, every single person was trained on just general jungle survival, scouting, stream crossing, demolitions, navigation, camouflage, airdrop resupplies were brand new. Like, their their viability was being tested and they were being trained in getting supplies from airdrops. Okay. So I thought that was really cool. And medevac, because, you know, they're going to be in the middle of nowhere. If they can get somebody to fly in, for a fucking they while. have to clear an area of jungle for an airplane <laughs> to land. It's, this isn't Vietnam. They didn't yeah. use helicopters. Um, yeah, it was about four months of training in India. Why do I have an arrow there? Okay. 
I also found a quote from one of the last two surviving members of this group said, I think, a year or two ago. So there are only two people surviving, as far as I can tell, as of 2020. Jesus. From this group. Because, you know, World War II was yeah, a long time ago. a long time ago. It's just still crazy to me. Yeah. Like, because when I was growing up, like, I mean, like Boy Scouts, they're like, hey, here are all the local guys who were in World War II. And it's just they're all this dead now. fucking big old group of dudes. And yeah, of course they're all dead. This is like 20 years ago. Yeah. So it's crazy, though. This guy is a bit of a realist. He, he basically said they had a great plan to get us into Burma. They had zero plan to get us out. We were Oof. completely expendable. Yeah. And based on the fact that they were taking people that they considered criminals out of their own military criminals, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Kind of makes sense that they didn't really give a shit about them. Damn, Plus, who would have thought that the U.S. would still have a fucking busted-ass criminal system? Weird. And I, I'll talk about this at the end, but the commander in charge of this theater of the war was also a real asshole. That I mean, didn't help. This doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I feel like that was one of the prerequisites for yeah, being a pretty commander. Much. So they get put into Burma, and they go deep and hard and fast. Oh, my God. And they're so isolated that, and, you know, they basically, every fight, they were against a larger group. Oof. And I think it was the 18th Infantry from the <laughs> Japanese, and they, like that they fought mostly, but they were always fighting against larger groups. Japanese are just constantly kicking up the difficulty level. Yeah. And the <laughs> Japanese had artillery, and they didn't. Jesus. So, you know, they really had to... They really thrived on the kind of hit-and-run guerrilla warfare. Oh, I see. Lots of movement shit. Even the, the Japanese later had reports that these people were unlike any other American troop because they were accurate with their guns. Ooh. That's a big deal in yeah, war. Yeah, that's a huge deal. People it's are not, not just accurate. suppressing fire. Like, this is... Yeah. It's a shoot and a kill. Yeah, and with those M1 Garands, oh. hell mm. yeah. Mm. Damn. God damn. <laughs> um, the, the secret weapon, though, of this entire operation, of this 3,000... Yeah. No, they had 14 Japanese-American soldiers. Oh, that's some sneaky shit. Who were from military intelligence. They were basically, you know, today we'd think of them as secret agents. Yeah, yeah. And they were tr official translators. That's what we call in the business a James Bond. Yeah, a pretty much. A secret agent. <laughs> and it gave them a huge advantage in just, like, talking. Yeah. <laughs> and knowing the the customs of because they're military intelligence as well like it's uh -huh. not just yeah they're japanese yeah, american they're just... but they've been trained and educated on this is how the japanese troops work yeah like this is their psyche this is how they're thinking this is how they're operating in this area this is like having uh this is like this more current version of the the legend of leftraru <laughs> pretty much <laughs> because it also thing, allows yeah. them to if they are able to get somebody alive they can interrogate them. Yeah. They can also, they can, you know. And they have someone they can actually communicate yeah, with. Yeah, they them. have people who can look through their pockets and find sheets of paper and documents and, and actually read and understand them. Damn. Super smart. Um, so, because they're so isolated, and they basically only have donkeys and horses oh, no. to carry their radios and food and everything, all their supplies, 
Every They had to carry everything, so they had a bunch of the K-rations. When they could, they would get airdrops with more food, better food. But it was few and far between. It yeah. was like once every couple of weeks. So it was, it was 2,830 2, calories in the K-ration per day, which is not nearly enough for people hiking through a dense jungle, yeah. like blazing the way with machetes. Yeah. So they, yeah, they had to go basically five months oh, on these rations. Fuck. And it led, you know, the average person in the group, afterwards there was a study done on it, the average person lost 35 pounds. Oh, man. Let me tell you, these were not people who were fat Yeah, these in are, any this way. Like... This is pure muscle loss. Yeah. Oh, damn. 35 pounds, and they all had vitamin deficiencies, oh, which also oh. fucked with, you know, I don't know if you know a lot about jungles, but there's a lot of diseases for humans there, yeah. and when you have vitamin deficiencies, you can't fight. Your yeah. immune system is shit. You're fucked. So that's not That's good. not the only thing that's shit. Yeah. Your pants. And it, You're totally like. Just wait. Oh, we talk God, about pants dude. later. Eating um, fucking canned food for five months. No, <laughs> only canned food. Canned food. Canned preserved food for five months. Frequently go featuring well. the meal of fatty pork loaf, oh, no. which was the most commonly thrown away dinner <laughs> during the operation. Oh. They're like, I would rather lose muscle. Yeah, than eat this <laughs> than shit. Eat fucking fatty pork. Yep. That was my nickname in middle school. Fatty pork loaf? Yeah, same. That's weird. <laughs> Fatty McPork loaf. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, same. It's same. also the upcoming new uh, version of the McRib. <laughs> it is, yeah. They're discontinuing the McRib and bringing back the Fatty McPork loaf. <laughs> so, For limited time only. Yeah, very oh, limited. God. It causes diarrhea. <laughs> it gives you amoebic dysentery. Jesus. So because they're they're so reliant on airdrops, if somebody was like hurt and dying, they would have to clear a Sounds runway. Sounds like a meal. I mean, uh, save mm. them, save yeah, them. Yeah, they, they actually, yeah. They actually, yeah. They've been priding themselves on, um, or they had prided themselves on getting as many people out as they possibly could. If you weren't just dead, they would call an airplane. And get you out. Oh, okay. Which was crazy, considering they had to literally clear the runways. And more these, fucking burn calories. The plane that, fucking yeah. Damn. The plane that came in was called the Piper Cub Evac plane. Okay. It was literally a, big a pilot seat. No. Oh, it's not. It's a okay. tiny, it's like a Cessna. Oh, okay. Jesus. It, it, there's enough nice. room for the pilot. It's just a bicycle with wings. A stretcher and a compass. Oh. That's all they had. Hell yeah. So these pilots also had to be extremely skilled at navigation because they didn't have any, like, if they had a radio, it was like a pocket radio. (laughs) Like, it's shit. It was a bad situation. uh, The maximum weight for the pilot was like 120 pounds soaking wet. Yeah. Anything more and it wouldn't take off. (laughs) It couldn't. Not with a, a fucking casualty in there. And they, you know, they they started going crazy. Like, you know, you got 3,000 dudes behind the enemy lines. They're disrupting communications. They're burning shit, destroying supply lines. They're attacking patrols, like, Inglorious Bastards style. And they're just walking into villages and saying, you, you guys see any Japanese people around here? 
Jesus. And they were extremely successful. They had five what's considered major engagements and over 30 minor engagements. I'm not going to talk about every single one because that's a lot of shit. And I got to look at the... Oh, and we're getting up there on time. So, they were just very successful. Overall, during their operational time, they hiked over a thousand miles in a jungle, including over a mountain range. Damn. It was, yeah, about five months that their entire operation occurred over after training. And it all kind of culminated in the siege of Mietkaina. Mietkaina, let's say that. And it was the only all-weather airfield in Burma. It was a very important military target. So the commander... The big commander, his name was still something. I'll talk about it later. Basically, they got orders in. We're going to have you flank over a mountain range 60 miles away. Oh, what? So they hike. By May 17th, it's an additional 62 miles over a mountain range so that they can flank this airfield. Jesus. And the nearby town. Uh, yeah, May 17th, 1944, they meet up with groups from a Chinese infantry unit. Uh, and at this point, just to give you like an idea, while they were extremely successful, they had 1,300 troops left, down from 3,000. Jesus. The rest had either been killed or had been medevaced out. Shit themselves to death. And there's, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they, like, they didn't have, what are, what are those big... Like AC-130s and oh. huge airplanes to just paratroop dudes in. Yeah. They had the B-17s, but if they flew over that, they'd just be blown up, yeah. you know? Jesus, dude. So they had no reinforcements, ever. <laughs> so 1,300 people here, and they, they meet up with this Chinese infantry. And the group is called the X-Force. Uh-oh. Which is really cool, but they're not really. They're, they're just meh. <laughs> it's X-E-X. The yeah. X-Force. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they, they made it over the uh, the Kuman mountain range. Hey, now sponsoring pressure points. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we got to take this airfield. And at this point, the troops and the commander and Merrill are basically like, fuck the commander. <laughs> this guy sucks. This guy is bullshit. But they still just kind of kept doing what they could because they were in the middle of nowhere. What could they do? It's fair. If they defect, they no matter where they go, they're Japanese troops. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. They are fucked. It's either a thousand miles back to fucking base camp, which has probably been taken at this yeah. point. Yeah, and it's been five base camp. Well, I'm saying like where they started. Yeah, where they fucking no that that's a thousand miles away. Yeah, that's what like, I just said. Yeah, it's a thousand yeah. miles. There's back not a camp. They dropped them off on the started. on the beach essentially. Yeah. And it yeah about five months now, no reinforcements, no. For a while, they wouldn't even let them, like, get mail or new uniforms. <laughs> they didn't want to give them any hope. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So the first push was mostly the Chinese. And they suffered heavy casualties. Because, once again, the military intelligence that they received was wrong. <laughs> they said, uh, it's not, like, it's, it's not very well protected. You know, it it's was. so far back. It Nobody was. could, you know, they're not expecting an attack. It's so far away. <laughs> and it was very heavily defended. 
by a very well-trained Japanese army. Yeah, which is all of the fucking Japanese armies yeah. in World War II. It was yeah, insane. Exactly. So they... So they, you know, retreated, kind of sat back, and were like, okay, let, let's re- reconsider. Let's see what happened. Turns out they had 4,600 defenders of the town. The airfield Jesus. wasn't very heavily guarded at this point. Oh, so okay. they're like, okay, we can take the airfield pretty quick, but it's going to be a bitch and a half to take the town. Yeah. It's not like you can land in the airfield while the town still has, <laughs> yeah. you know, flat guns. We and have shit. the airfield, but the whole town is shooting at everything that's trying to land. Yeah. So, despite a brand new typhus outbreak, oh god, it's monsoon season. Jesus. Uh, dysentery. It, basically, everybody has yeah. dysentery, and the malnutrition that has come from throwing away the vitamin supplements. It was shit. it was monsoon season in the area. And monsoon season in your pants. Yeah. They fought cr- a crazy battle. Really smart. Really well done. Basically, they would go and attack a point, then immediately set up defenses. Okay. And then the Japanese would counterattack. They would fend them off and then go and attack another point and kind of do this kind of seesaw. Continue pushing their push, mind forward. Defend and rest for a minute. Yeah. And then push, defend, Jesus. rest for a minute. Push. De- like, it's all they could do to just keep walking. Like I'm, I'm later on. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to get more into the state of the troops at this point. But you know, by the end of it, they got the airfield really quick. The siege lasted. It took a while. So I actually found a quote from Captain Fred Lyons. He was an officer in the Merrill's Marauders, interviewed in 1945. Um, he does use like does use you know racist terms for the Japanese. I don't know if I should say the quote directly. I'm just going to say Japanese. That's fair. Just because, you know, whatever, it's fine. Wow, AJ's a fucking racist. No, I'm saying the actual, (laughs) it's the opposite. (laughs) He wrote it down as the actual quote. And he was like, I'm going to say this on air. I'm going to get away with it. Oh yeah, I could. He said, this was his quote about this. And at this time, the, so there was Merrill, the general, and then underneath was Colonel Hunter, and he was the guy who was a little bit closer to the troops, you know, a little bit more approachable. Nice. And so here's his quote. By now my dysentery was so violent I was draining blood. Every one Uh, of the men was sick from one cause or another. My shoulders were worn raw from the pack straps, and I left the pack behind. The boys with me weren't in much better shape. A scout moving ahead suddenly held his rifle high in the air. That meant enemy sighted. Then at last we saw them coming down the railroad four abreast. The gunner crouched low over his Tommy gun and tightened down. Then the gun spoke. Down flopped a half a dozen Japanese, then another half a dozen. The Japanese columns spewed from their marching formation into the bush. We grabbed up the gun and slid back into the jungle, sometimes staggering, sometimes running, sometimes dragging. I made it back to the camp. I was so sick, I didn't care whether the Japanese broke through or not. So sick, I didn't worry anymore about letting the colonel down. All I wanted was unconsciousness. Oh, my God. He's like, I'm just fighting so that I can die. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't want to win this. I just want someone to fucking kill me. So the fighting goes on for uh, until August 3rd. So May 17th to August 3rd. Jesus. And the only reason they finally take the town was because the commander of the area finally was like, okay, well, yeah, put your Chinese troops here. He finally allowed Chinese troop reinforcement. The entire oh time he's like, God. no, we got it. 
No, oh, we got it. Oh, my God. No, we got it. Like, it, this probably could have been done two weeks earlier <laughs> if he had allowed for that reinforcement. <laughs> he had sent any fucking rations with his reinforcement yeah. oh, group. Oh, no. It would have been fine. It would have been done. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's ridiculous, the, the shit he did. Um, so the the Japanese fled. The commander fled with 600 of his troops. Nice. 3,800 killed in action. 170 or 187 were captured versus of the marauders. I could not find troop numbers for the Chinese troops. They lost 272 with almost 1,000 being wounded or just two. And then I think there were a couple hundred more that were just too sick to yeah. move. <laughs> they were alive but didn't want to be. And so, weirdly enough, as soon as, like, they were, at this point, because they have the airfield, they've captured this big objective, they're being, you know, evac'd out. Yeah. And on the evac, they're given these hammocks, this wonderful invention that we've had for, must have just invented them, hammocks with nets over the top and rain covers for them, which they never got. I'm sure they were so pissed. Oh, I'm sure of it, because... 90% 90% of the illnesses, is oh, 70% of the illnesses could have been stopped. Yeah. Malaria was a huge problem. <laughs> Typhus was a problem, but they were getting it from the grass. They were getting it from the ground. Oh, okay. And uh, just the rain covers to prevent them getting soaked during, you know, monsoon season. Yeah. It, it was crazy when I was reading about this. It was like, ironically, they were given netted hammocks after, which could have prevented a lot of damage. I'm like, what the fuck? Why... Like, you can tell that these guys were basically thrown out there to cause a bunch of hammock and die. Oof. They did not plan for these guys to come back. <laughs> no, of course not. Because That's they why they plan. recruited who they recruited. Yeah. It, it It's stupid, but also kind of makes sense. When you look it's at the fucked, military, yeah, when you know, it makes sense. Yeah, when you know how the U.S. feels about their, their prisoners. And troops. Yeah, and troops. And troops that have recently been decommissioned. So General Merrill had a heart attack very soon after this capture, and then he a second heart attack, oh. and then he died of malaria <laughs> right then. So then, you know, Hunter takes over, Colonel Hunter, and at this point, after the medical evacs, there were only 200 marauders left. Jesus. A week later, the group was disbanded because they only had 130 combat-ready troops, and I say combat-ready Loosely. These were able yeah. to stand. Yeah. They're able to hold a gun while standing. Yeah. They had 41 mules left. No horses. And they started with 720. 700 total, total yeah. animals. And they came out, yeah, Jesus. with 41. So that's, you know, 3,000 down to 130. That's, a, that's pretty rough. Fuck. At this point, only two had not been hospitalized at some point. <laughs> For either a wound or illness. One of them being Colonel Hunter. (laughs) And uh, the the way it's handled is exactly what you would expect. Basically, they they get this objective. They're they're disbanded. They have to be because they only have 130 people. (laughs) Like, they, they march through more miles or kilometers of jungle than any other unit during the entire (laughs) course of the war. (laughs) They all got medals. Uh-huh. But what the fuck does that matter? Yeah. They also <laughs> you know? all got fucking malaria and typhus. <laughs> yeah. Like... And dysentery. Uh. And let's see. I, I wonder if I 
if I yeah I did talk about it okay so at this point I was like okay I'm good like this is the whole story but like I was gonna say I shouldn't leave with a happy ending it's not really a happy ending because no, like they got fucked they got completely decimated but let's talk about General Stillwell he was the commander of the Burm the Burmese theater essentially and he was the reason that. They never rotated troops out, despite the fact that going into it, they were promised, you know, at some point, we're going to rotate guys out so you can go and relax for a, for a, take a week off and then come back. Never happened. There were weeks where they went without a resupply, despite being promised there was one on the way. Mm-hmm. He dragged his feet on getting them clothes, on getting them food, on Jesus. getting them anything, because he just said... Well, they got the K the K rations. That's enough calories. Jesus you can get twenty three hundred calories for marching dozens of miles in a day through what a jungle. A bitch. He's such a bitch because he just looked at it on paper. Yeah. He was considered like he was one of those American hero generals yeah, of because early in the war he had marched his troops out of a jungle in Burma after being like cut off from the rest of the, you know, battalion or whatever. So he was like, I did it. They can do it. He's probably some fucking pencil pusher during oh. World War One. Oh, he was probably no. a baby. I don't know. <laughs> he didn't. What a bitch. He I was a he was shit. a bitch. And he, uh, he was a bitch. He he never listened to them. Like when they would, the commander would contact him, or the general would contact him and be like, "Hey, this guy, we're all dying." Saved. No, no, he would be like, "Hey, this one troop went above and beyond, saved like twelve people." Can we like get him a medal? Can we Sounds distinguish like him? Doing his job. Can we, you know, maybe let's get him out of here? Like yeah. he went through hell. Yeah. And you'd be like, nope. <laughs> no, he yeah. sounds like he's a he's doing his valuable job. Valuable asset. Yeah, that Piece dumb shit. shit. Yeah. So at before the siege of that place, um, Colonel Hunter worked with the surgeons in the unit, all the doctors and medics, and basically recommended that the entirety of Merrill's Marauders be evac out. Okay. Not a single person was fit to fight. <laughs> Everybody had a fever. Yeah. And I, I'm everyone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every single person had a fever. Like everybody was sick for something. And they they end up taking the airfield, but it's before they take the city. He's like, hey, get us out of here. Like we're done. You know, call in Chinese reinforcements. Call in the British. Like yeah. I don't know why they're not involved. They're in the area. Why are they not involved with this fight? Why can't we get reinforcements? Like, just, just get us out of here. We're sick. We're dying. We've been dying for four months or five months up to this point. Mm-hmm. And the troops would cut the ass out of their pants so that Jesus. they could still shoot their gun and, and shit because they'd just the be shitting time. blood. The oh fevers were so bad, people were just passing out and dying. You know, like... It's terrible. And you know what he said? He said, no, I'm not going to take you guys out. But let's inspect the troops. So he sends a guy, not even himself. Jesus. He goes out, inspects the troops, probably gets a report back in his comfy office, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. somewhere in India maybe. His nice white underpants. Oh, yeah. His pants with the ass still attached. Yeah. And he orders the medical staff to stop sending the sick troops back to recover, instead to send them back to fight with medicine to keep the fever down. Oh, they just have a fever? Just give them some of that new medicine that keeps the fever down. They are literally... 
Oh my god. He's looking at troops who have to cut the ass out of their pants to shit blood. And because they don't have time during fighting to pull down their pants. Yeah. And saying, give them a Tylenol and yeah. send them back give to the front line. Give them a baby line. aspirin and send them back. Jesus. That'll control their fever real good. What the fuck? Then he ordered that all of the marauders who were still being evac'd, who the surgeons are like, no, like they can't fight, they can't stand. He ordered them to be ex- examined by his medical staff who sent anyone back who had a fever under 103. <laughs> they would literally like go through the field hospital and check your Jesus. temperature multiple times throughout the day. If they could get your temperature down to below 103, you're sent back. Send you back. Jesus. Terrible. <laughs> like, they would give them basically, yeah, baby aspirin or a Tylenol yeah. or something, get that fever down, and then send them back and say, okay, you're good. You can still fight. <laughs> also, these are the people who lost at least 35 pounds each yeah, of yeah, muscle. Yeah, yeah. Like, Same guys. Still these dying. These are fucked. These, you know, who've been fighting off dysentery for yeah. five months. And he decided that the marauders would be the tip of the spear for the attack. Let's put them all in front because they're so tough. American ingenuity. Jesus. American engineering. Toyota or something. <laughs> Toyota. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I and, don't know what America you live in. <laughs> and how shitty is that? Take your weakened, it's, beaten troops and put them right fucked, in front. It's but it's because of who they were. No, no. He had a reason for it. He distrusted the Chinese, the British, pretty much the air, the American, the U.S. Air Force at the time. He didn't trust anybody but his own troops. And Jesus. yeah, even the British commander of the area was like, "Hey, these guys are really sick. <laughs> like, I'm getting reports that yeah. the that the unit Galahad is like." Really fucking we've, sick. We've been stepping over their bodies for months now. Can we get them out? Yeah. Like, we can help. Like, is there a problem? And he's like, nope. no, they're staying in. Nope. What a bitch. God damn. He even kept other allied commanders in the area in the dark about his own troop movements and operations. He distrusted them so much that they didn't even know that the marauders, like, they didn't have to go over that mountain. That was the flank. They could have gone around and just attacked them. Yeah. And it wouldn't have made too much of a difference because they were so well fortified. That And the other commanders didn't even know that they were in the area. Like, it was like, hey, if you told us that they were going to be flanking, the Chinese probably could have put more infantry in the area. Yeah. The U.S. Air Force probably could have had some airplanes. Like, they they were operating in the area. Nope. The British. The British. Nope. The British could have. Nope. Send troops in to help. Nope. Nope. Only only my men. They're the only ones I trust, even though they're dying. Sorry. Yeah, it was really stupid. And, like, some Jesus. of the shit, some of the distrust was was decently placed. Like, he shouldn't have taken it out on the troops. Like, he kept a, a very strict record of the Chinese ruler's corruption, mm-hmm. commander's corruption with their lend-lease, you know, supplies and shit that they were sending to him. And, you know, they were wasting a lot of shit, and he was stockpiling a lot of it for his own purposes. But he doesn't need to take that out on the, on his own troops. Of course he's going to, though. But he is, because yeah. he's a fucking asshole. And so so Colonel Hunter, after they finally disband the, the unit... Four two. 
Jesus Christ! Did you Whoops. just Let's just bump that. Sorry. Oh, that scared Sorry the shit. That. It scared me too. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, God fuck damn. you. Yeah, fuck you. Fuck you, man. So he actually, when they finally disbanded the group, <laughs> Sorry about you're good. That. Nice bump. Um, they. So a lot of these people would go on. Well, not a lot of them. The people who survived, the unit. Or, uh, it, it, this was basically a very early ancestor to the Ranger, the U.S. Rangers. Okay. Uh, they got a lot of inspiration and <laughs> from all of these people from that these were people sick dying. And dying. Yeah. Uh, in fact, one of the Japanese American troops got put in the Ranger. Well, a couple of these troops got put in like the Ranger Hall of Fame and got all this shit after. Not that it means yeah, anything just at a all. Dog shit way of glorifying. But it. Colonel Hunter was a man of his people. That real tr- true leader here he formally investigated Stillwell <laughs> yeah. through congress like he was like his medical evacuation orders killed us it's fair yeah killed all of us like good <laughs> this guy Glad was unethical this it. guy literally committed a war crime yeah. by keeping his troops in here so you know congress investigated it and they're like yeah that was really shitty no punishment no of course he not. ended up getting like a war department job after yeah. the war and was able to retire and Jesus. More than the rest of his fucking troops did. Great. What a oh, happy ending. What a happy very, fucking ending. Very happy ending, and I'm right <laughs> in my time period. Oh, yeah, Jesus. so that's that's Merrill's Marauders. They do not get the recognition, the recognition they, deserve. they deserve at all. Like For real, fuck. These guys beat the shit out of people. And got that shit kicked out of them. Yeah, while but, they were fucking shitting themselves. Yeah, and they they reopened the the uh, Myanmar or Burma supply the, line. The Burma Road. Yeah, and they facilitated the creation of the the Ledo Road, which was an even shorter route through. Like nice. They they made a heavy impact on the war, and I've literally never I and a, sure. just a random YouTube video, and I heard of them like. Of course, Crazy. there were only 130 of them. Less than 130 of them survived. Yeah, and uh, the the ones who survived did not survive well. No, not at all. I'm sure a lot of them didn't live much longer after the war. Yeah, no. I think it was something like by 2000, there were like 300 left. Jesus. Like, it, it's rough. It They fucking suck. Oh, God. All right, so, yeah. Fuck. Hot damn, dude. Now, now I can relax. I've been tensed. Yeah. Now you get to turn and do Patreon. Oh, yeah. Well, you usually do a thing, too. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I'll get the little you intro do. to it. So uh, we, on Patreon, if you would like to support us, uh, go to patreon.com forward slash points o pressure. Uh, we have a few smaller tiers. If you can't afford it, it's okay. Don't pay for it. Yeah, not a big deal. Um, We've been releasing an extra episode every month mm-hmm. um an exclusive we have some of our old sloppy seconds episodes on there where we just shoot the shit um we also have uh aj did a little mini series called voices i need to release the rest of those i mean you did a few so it counts um <laughs> so yeah uh, a couple couple good hours of content on there if you would like it um yeah Find us on there and subscribe. AJ, take it away. All right. So, <clears throat> of course, we're controlled. Uh, that that ad was approved by the board. Yeah. We got Nordic Thunder, Toddle Waddle, and Mini D. Thank you guys so much for, you know, they're the board. 
Appreciate you. They guys. make they make the rules and they're culpable. Thank you, thank you. I bet you didn't know that. <laughs> um, then of course we've got Abby, AJ's third nut, Thomas, Dark Runner, D's nuts, and Laura Revo. Thank you guys so much for you know supporting us, letting us yeah. keep doing this for however the fuck long we've been doing this. Yeah, uh, three and a couple half years. years. Yeah, actually just over three. Just over three years. Yeah. So yeah, we appreciate yeah. you guys. We wouldn't be able to do it without your support. We wouldn't have these fancy fucking microphones where I can oh, play a video so nice. from my phone in, and it doesn't sound like dog shit. So thank you guys so much. And as always, find us on Instagram and Twitter. If you have any suggestions for movies, books, TV shows, music, articles, show ideas, fucking anything that you would like, send it to us on Instagram or Twitter. Don't know how much longer we'll have the Twitter. Yeah. At points of pressure. We'll catch you guys next Monday.